What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Too Much Test Podcast. Um, we actually stopped counting episodes because we're really bad at it and we always fuck it up. So just it's episode 50 something. We're just going to go with it. Um, if you like this type of stuff, if you're brand new here, um, check out our sponsors, HC Gains and the Triggered Brand. Uh, we have links in the description for a lot of stuff that we work with that will give you discounts on lots of cool stuff. Um, and then also you can find this podcast on YouTube, all your favorite platforms. Um, so check it out. Um, if you do like this, you can help us out. Rate the rate the podcast. Um, <laughs> Sam was telling me this before. I forgot the other two. But what's going on, Sam? Hey, what up, bro? Good to see you. Uh, yeah, if you guys enjoy the show, make sure to... Uh, there's three ways you can support if you enjoy the show. First, check out the links down below or our social uh number two leave us a review that's actually how we grow the podcast uh number three is tell a friend we all have friends that are into peds or like things like this that we talk about so share the podcast with them it is tremendously helpful to us uh and if you're getting value out of it hopefully it'll be valuable to them as well so it's a win-win-win and if you What's don't have any friends on peds find some because they're good people. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um I've got a lot of friends on PEDs now. <laughs> I, I probably have more friends that are on PEDs than I don't have are, that are on PEDs. It's kind of I even like a life hack at this point. Like, I'm not talking about like, you know, fucking trend or anything, but I'm saying like TRT and like hormone replacement for females. Mm -hmm. It's like a life hack. It's like you're kind of at a disadvantage if you don't. It's like being in college without Adderall. You know, I mean, not not saying take Adderall or anything, but I'm saying like you put two people in a room and they study for two hours. One of them is on Adderall. One's not a person on Adderall is probably doing better on the test. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. Did you see that? Um, I posted on Instagram, uh, Andrew Huber, Huberman, and I don't know whose podcast he was on, but, oh, it was um, Mark Bell, I think, or whatever podcast. I don't know the name of his podcast. I just see clips. I've never actually watched his podcast, but he asked uh, Andrew Huberman, who has a giant podcast, a lot of people know the name, if he thinks TRT is going to be prescribed for anxiety and depression and increasing like the, just the number of people who are uh, on TRT in the future. And Andrew Huberman was like, yeah, for sure. Like, and that's something that we've been talking about. Well, I've been talking about it for years. I think we've been talking about it for probably at least a couple of years as it is. I think it's like, you can prescribe like an antidepressant and something for ED, something for depression. And like, I can get you on six different medica medications. I get to make more money from selling you that shit than just yeah. something that's, you know, 40 bucks a month for testosterone or whatever. It's hundred percent true. I mean, but then you're going to have the scare tactics coming in, you know, new study, you know, fucking sponsored by Pfizer fucking shows that TRT fucking does this and that and this, you know, and, you know, I was actually thinking about today, I saw an article or I think it was only on Instagram where there's some new study that shows like the keto diet, like doubles your risk of heart disease and stroke. And I was like, it's fucking bullshit. I was like, you're gonna tell me that eating avocados and fucking, you know, meat is going to kill you. Like, hell no. I was thinking <laughs> to myself, like, if you literally health wise did like everything the opposite of what's in the mainstream media, like you'd be a lot better off in general. A hundred percent. Hey, speaking of carnivore, uh, what, this is month two of carnivore for you? Probably going into month two. What are you, are you still enjoying the process and liking it? 
I do. I do really like it. Um, I did break down and bought some uh, some protein bars, those fitness crunch protein bars. And I've been doing I do a little bit of cheese and a little bit of milk. And it's not that I mean, I don't think that's horrible per se, but it's not pure carnivore. But it's tough, man, when I'm like working and I'm in the zone, like it's tough for me to go to like heat up a bowl of meat. You know what I'm saying? Like I just walk in, grab something and, and keep going, you know, so it's a little bit more convenient for me. But when I go out to eat, like I try to order, like I, I went out to Top Golf and I got like chicken strips because that was what they had, and I ate two French fries. So, so I'm not doing it like hardcore, like this is my life now. But I'm definitely eating a lot more meat and cutting out a lot of carbs. And it's probably great for your health overall. Um, have you? One of the things that I I want to buy them, but they're cooked in um, like canola oil or something, or peanut oil or some crappy like seed oil. But um, what is it? Because sometimes it's nice to have something crunchy or like a little salty, right? So uh, what is it? Pig skin? I'm not pork saying. Rinds. Pork rinds. Yes, yep. pork rinds. Super tasty. Like pork rinds, but not like the ones that are fried at the grocery store that they sell because those are crappy. I think we'd have to like find an organic brand or something that like makes it in lard or makes it in like tallow or something. But pork rinds are, are like, I want to find a healthy version of a pork rind in terms of I don't want it cooked in vegetable oils and seed oils. Then you get this, you can get salty or you can make, you know, a different type of flavor if you want and you get something that's crunchy and salty. I'm just thinking of potential alternatives if, if you wanted to from a protein bar, because I, I don't think cheese is necessarily bad. I, I also do the cheese thing. Uh, and then I, I do beef jerky. So yeah. then it's like super easy to like, okay, cool. Let me just grab beef jerky grab a bunch of that and i would like to have a snack of like beef jerky and pork rinds that would be like a perfect snack right yeah bro i you love know? pork rinds i don't know how big pork rinds are like up north and other parts of the country but down definitely down here in the south it's a big thing and uh bro fucking i don't like the ones at walmart they have are max and i fucking i hate those ones you'll get like one piece that's mm -hmm. good and then you bite into the other one it's like super crunchy and hard like it's like a rock um, so I do the, <laughs> you're like biting a, that and you're like biting into a stone. Like, yeah, geez. it is. So I use, I think they're the Frito-Lay. I think they're like the, the red hot ones. They're pretty damn good. There's another brand that I saw at the smaller Walmart. It's some chicks brand and they're smaller bags. They're like four bucks, but it's like got like buttermilk, like kind of seasoning on it and salt and pepper. It's really, really good. Um, but they're hard to well, get. So like, that's like, um, beef jerky in the sense that if you look at the package i think the last time i was looking at it, it was like six or not excuse me six or nine grams of protein per like serving yeah so you're like okay one of these like i don't know like not a giant bag but like a foot tall nine inches tall like four to six inches wide bag which you'd probably eat the whole, i would probably eat the whole bag at once uh and you're like okay cool there's a hundred grams of protein right there Right. That's like six servings or eight servings or something. I don't know what the serving size is in there. And they have well, like for, for, for beef jerky. The best one that I found recently is called Old Trapper. And it's at uh, some of the ones, some of the mainstream ones I don't really like. They're a lot more chewy. This one's a little softer. Um, but then what's interesting about pork rinds is if you look at the bag, it says that it's an incomplete protein. It's like missing a couple amino acids. So they considered, if you look on it, it'll say like not a not a significant source of protein so i don't know what what it's missing they would actually label that but i i've looked at that and i'm like well fuck it's 
still some protein. It's better than not. Better than nothing. What? Interesting. So let me try to find that pork rinds. But pork rinds are great because they're crunchy like chips, and they have like less than one gram of uh, of carbs. You know, so if it's so if you've got a chip addiction, you know, I would definitely try getting some pork rinds. They actually have them in a lot of different flavors. So yeah. this is a Wikipedia pork rinds page. Uh, like many snacks, pork rinds can be high in sodium and fat. However, they are low in carbohydrates and are sometimes considered an alternative snack for those following low carbohydrate. In men's health, one ounce gram serving contains nine times the protein and less fat than found in potato chips, like you were just mentioning, uh, which are much higher in carbohydrates. They added that 43% of pork rinds fat is unsaturated. Do you know the, do you remember the difference between saturated and unsaturated fat? Not essentially. I know that the unsaturated is supposedly better. That's like the mono unsaturated, poly unsaturated, but. And, and most of it is elaic acid, the same healthy fat found in olive oil. Another 13% of fat is stearic acid, a type of saturated fat that is considered harmless because it does not raise cholesterol levels. Pork, here we go. Pork rinds are considered an incomplete source of protein because they contain very low amounts of essential amino acids, including methyl methanonine and tryptophan and histidine. Interesting. That's uh, I've never actually heard that before. Where you like hear about that from an egg standpoint? Could you yeah. make eggs into like a protein chip? I don't know. I don't know if you could do that. That'd be pretty bad. Like, I use like a full protein, right? Like it's like, yeah. and then if you have like the, you know, most complete source for protein and then you turn it into something like a chip, mm -hmm. right? They're relatively cheap eggs, right? You could, yeah. especially if you want them in bulk, you could probably get an even bigger quantity of them and make that into something that was like, you know, add some salt and some flavoring in there somehow and have some like tasty egg Chips? Why don't why, why isn't there egg chips out there? I know they've made chips out of a bunch of shit these days. They have like Parmesan cheese. They have a bunch of different shit. Then you can have then you can have your chips. There's a full protein and high yeah. in protein, like all those things. Um, you messaged uh, me earlier this week about um, the semaglutide. You yeah. want to give people an update, but give them context too, so if they're brand new. Yeah, so I've been taking semaglutide, which is Ozempic. Uh, you know, it's the medicine that everyone's using to, to lose weight. And, you know, the typical starter dosage for semaglutide is 0.25 milligrams. And you'll typically see people stay on that for, I don't know, a month or two before, like, the, their doctors will decide whether to raise it or not. And, you know, one of the main side effects of semaglutide, or I guess, I don't know if the second one is as common, but I've read that, I mean, nausea is there. Now is just like the most common one. Um, and I get, I've gotten it probably four times um, since I started taking semaglutide. So I started and I was doing one shot a week, right? The 0.25 milligrams. And the second, first shot, I didn't feel anything. Second shot, the next day I felt fucking horrible. I felt hungover. I felt nauseous. I had my wife give me a Zofram, which is like an anti-nausea pill. So I decided to split up my dosages because I'm already using two pins anyway a week for HCG. And that seemed to help a little bit. But then, I don't know, I think it was on Monday. I just felt nauseous again. And I was like, yeah, so I think, 
I think I decided to drop it down to I'm going to do half the base dose for semaglutide and just do it once a week. And, you know, the kind of thing, use the least amount of medication. So while I may not get, you know, that full amount of where my blood sugar is low and I'm cranking insulin and all that, but I mean, if I can, if I can take any amount of it and not feel nauseous, I'll be happy. Now, I don't want to take it for a long, long time. Like I was telling Sam, like I'm six foot and I'm down to like 203 pounds. And I was telling him, I was like, I just don't know how I'd feel about being under 200 pounds. Like, ah, you know, that's tough for me. I've always pretty much been 200 pounds since I or over 200 pounds since I've, you know, like fully developed. So I don't know. That's tough to be like, what are you weighing now? Like 197, I'm like, uh, you know, <laughs> so I just need to put on enough weight to where I can be shredded and over 200 pounds. Yeah. Hey, that's a good goal. That's a good goal. Stay at 200, but at that like 200 level, continue to drop body fat and put more muscle on over the course of the, the next three, four, five, six, seven years or whatever. And so that, that way you'll sit at 200, but be fucking jacked and shredded. <laughs> But I can definitely tell just from losing seven pounds, like I can tell like a lot of just, I look different and I'm going to do a full video on my YouTube. I actually did it before, right when I started, I did a whole like, like me mimicking what a bodybuilders do for their, like their stage shit. Cause I don't, I don't practice that stuff, but I can tell, like, I can see my rib cage a lot easier. I can see a little bit of that, that V and the abs. Um, like I was looking at my triceps in the, at the gym and like, I don't know if you can't, you can't really see it on camera, but but I could tell with the lighting that, I mean, I could tell a little bit more defined and I can tell like a little bit less of fat, like in this area, you know, so it's a little bit leaner. So, I mean, it's not massive. I'm not stepping on stage, but I'm pretty happy with it. Dope. When was the last time you were this lean? Cause at one point you were like 250, right? Yeah. I was 247. I was 247. I was a fat bastard. <laughs> I have pictures of me at a, at a steakhouse and bro, I'm wearing one of those nice like collared shirts, you know, button up shirts and, my belly's just fucking hanging. And I was like, God damn. And, uh, you know, my wife is like, you look, you just look so much different than back then. Like you've done a complete like 180. And I'm like, hell yeah. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm pretty hey, happy, put, man. Put You should put that picture up on uh, your Instagram. It's not a bad idea. I'm going to save it for the video. So I'm going to do a semaglutide video before and after. And I'm going to do like a four year on TRT video as well. Yeah, because that's going to be a, a big transformation when you go through and show like from basically 250 down to 250 pounds of difference. I bet you look like a completely different person because I I don't know if I knew you. I definitely didn't know you four years ago. What, no, what is it? No. Two and a half years, three years? Probably, I'd say probably two and a half would be my guess. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. I just started something new, actually. Um so I started with a small dose of Osterine. So you know how I'm, I'm taking testosterone, right? 270 milligrams a week. I'm actually thinking I might drop that slightly. Uh, CJC once a week, one milligram. Uh, TB500, one milligram a week. Uh, BPC, one, maybe two times a week, 500 micrograms, just because it's gets annoying giving yourself shots um <laughs> i was doing aod 9604 uh it's been a couple months now of doing that i think it was like 200 or 300 micrograms of that i wouldn't say i noticed a tremendous difference 
in the gym. I did. I did feel like the insertions. I don't. I wouldn't probably recommend anybody who's like, you know, above twenty percent body fat. I don't think they're going to really benefit from AOD or the benefit to like the visual appearance in the mirror is probably going to take a lot longer to notice than something like semaglutide or trisepatide or something along those lines. But I felt like the insertions in say my shoulder tie into my bicep or the tricep into the back, the rear delt, right. Or some of the insur insertions in my quads and things like that. I felt like they were slightly deeper. Hmm. Uh, I didn't measure my body fat. Uh, I actually really haven't been looking at like my abs at all recently. Um, which is actually kind of interesting now that I'm mentioning that, but I just switched to adding in and I also do MK677 once a week. So barely anything, right? Six or seven <laughs> pounds. Pretty, um, pretty much natty. <laughs> basically natty. If, if somebody <laughs> asks me, I'm, I'm effectively natty. I take caffeine, but that's about it. Pre-workout, you know. Um, <laughs> and so just yesterday, I started IGF-1, uh, LR3. So IGF-1 is like one of the, if, if you had to say like the most powerful compounds out there, Right, you'd be like, okay, insulin. I mean, I might put DNP in that category, and then I'd put like IGF, or like I might do like insulin and then IGF and then DNP, or like it would just be like, here's a cluster of these things that are crazy impactful, right? And I'm doing 50 micrograms a day bilaterally. So, like, I did train legs yesterday. So, 25 micrograms in my right leg, 25 micrograms in my left leg. Today I did shoulders um, and I did again, 25 and 25. Uh, uh, and with my lot, with my last shot of the AOD. And I was that, is it, it's, it's systemic, just like, kind of like, uh, just like, uh, what is it? It's the other one. M M G F. MGF. Oh yeah. Yeah. Modified GRF or something like that. Uh, yeah. Um, so I believe it does. I haven't done a ton of research into it from like I did it a couple of years ago, but I did find this. This is from this is from like 25, 30 years ago. And this is the effects of local administration of HGH and IGF-1 on a uh, bones in rats. And where was it? They noticed that local administration of five micrograms of Five micrograms of bacterial produced human IGF-1 per day produced a small but significant effect in unilateral bone growth. So the if you look at like the forums and stuff like that, the one thing that seems to be in a lot of places is that people will do this to bring up lagging body because there seems to be a localized effect in the area of the injection. Now, I don't know if that is more so with IGF-1 DES. So like that's the one that's got like a 20 minute half-life on it, which I did, I did that a number of years ago. I don't, like I, I, could, I don't even recognize, like I, did, I was not satisfied. I wasn't happy with that at all, but that was also when I was, uh, SARMs and no testosterone. So that could have been why. I didn't really uh, notice it. Right. Cause you, you need a testosterone base where this time, like I'm in the gym today and 
you know, when you train a body part, you've got so much of a pump in that body part that when you go and maybe like glance at the mirror, you'll see such a big pump in that body part that it's almost like that body part's not on your body or like that it's like, uh, yeah, I, I think of it as like a, just a, like an inflated version of my arm or like my arm just somehow grew massively. And that's how I felt. I also felt that I was able to do additional work, like additional reps in the gym. It's only day two placebo. I don't know. I don't think so. I know this is tested IGF, so I know it's real, uh, but I'm super curious. I'm only going to be doing it five days a week. Next week, I was going to try a hundred micro, potentially try a hundred micrograms. Um, but so far, I'm definitely, it's only been two days, but I'm really liking it so far. Because sometimes you test things and you don't really notice a difference, right? So now that I'm testing this, I'm like, oh, wow, I can like really tell or feel like I can tell a difference. And maybe it's all placebo, but this is real shit. So I know it's, I know it's, I don't know like what the other effect are people are, people are having, you know, there's not like a lot of, uh, stuff on youtube of like oh here's my transformation before here's my transformation afterwards yeah so i'm curious to see um what my results are I'll probably do it for about 20 days or something i would actually if i were you i've, I've actually watched a video yesterday um on tony huge's channel and he was talking about igf and mgf and he was talking about um how mgf how it's really powerful at like the spot injections to grow muscle but you've got to do it a couple of times a day like you got to do it like four or five times a day. Um, so he really likes it, but he just says, it's, you know, a lot of times it's not practical to pin that much, but he's, he has some really good videos on his stuff. I've actually been really enjoying Tony's page. I know I said that in another podcast, but he just, the reason I like Tony is that he just, he just tells it how it is. He tells us, this is what I've done. This is what I've seen happen to other people. This is what it's done to me. I'm not promoting it. But it's just, it's nice that he's like no bullshit about it. You know, and I think people appreciate no bullshit. That's probably why people like this podcast. And as a side note, we've grown the podcast by 25% in the past three weeks. So like Sam said, tell a jacked up friend or friend that needed to be jacked up. Yes. And, that's, and then oh, I also wanted to, to branch out or just um, something. So I actually switched over my MK677 research to the triggered brand and um the liquid version and uh i was reading online someone was talking about how bad mk677 tasted so i was expecting it to be bad um but my rat reported back that it didn't taste bad at all so it was kind of like the same same kind of taste as uh the research that my rat does with cialis 10 milligrams every single day and he really loves it <laughs> so i just thought i would report that because i was expecting like that sarm taste you know that's uh, a little rough but it wasn't bad at all the uh, the guys over at uh, the Trigger Brand told me it was suspended in MCT oil. So I think that uh, having it be suspended in something like that versus like PEG, it probably makes a uh, a big difference on there. Makes sense. Yeah, I want to get some gear with MCT oil in it. I want to try that because people there's a guy on YouTube that says like you could pin you could pin a bunch of gear and you're going to be fine with the MCT oil. You're not going to get any pip. And how, how true that actually is, I don't know, but I do want to try it. Have you um, have you ever tried Proviron? I want to try. No, that. I haven't. I actually watched a whole video on Proviron too recently. I've been really watching a lot of gear stuff lately. <laughs> tell, tell me about Proviron. I've heard good things about Proviron, uh, but I haven't dove in deep to it. 
And then you had also um, you'd also posted a video recently about vitamin D three and uh, K two. Yeah, so, let's save Proviron for another one. I'm not. I, I know a decent we'll amount about we'll it. Deeper but, into it. Yeah, yeah, but um. Well, I'll start with, I guess I'll start with what I know about Proviron. So it was one of the first steroids that was ever invented and it's an oral form. Um, I'm not sure if there's an injectable form of it. I don't think there is, um, but it was one of the original, original ones that they had. And um, so it's oral. Um, it's not particularly liver toxic. Like it's one of the few, uh, you know, methyl alkylated, whatever ones that isn't very liver toxic at all. Um, it's supposedly not super hard on the liver and it's not super suppressive, um, uh, to your body's natural system as it is. So it seems like, I think the video I was watching was anabolic doc talking about his pro making a comeback because he had a guy over in Europe that doesn't want to go down the route of TRT just yet. And wanted to know if he could use pro um, is in, instead of TRT. Cause I believe pro helps with like, uh, helps maintaining estrogen as well. So is I it think a lot of guys take that instead of like a Rimidex. Is it is it like also I don't know, I could be inaccurate here, but doesn't it also do something with SHBG? So I like, believe yeah, I believe it does it does torque down SHBG so you get more free testosterone. Uh so, that's funny because uh literally I'm cooking a steak the other day and I watched the same video by Ask the Doc. Anabolic Doc? <laughs> same exact I, video here, like yeah, and there's a guy in Europe who has a question about uh, he wants to know if he can just take Proviron because he's too timid or, or doesn't want to necessarily go the full route of uh, uh, getting onto testosterone yet. So he wants to know if he can just start uh, Proviron or something like that. And I watched the same video. We were on the I like page. how I like anabolic doc. He he has a very interesting way of talking when he does his videos. You know, he, he's very he's very enthusiastic and he's like, guys, we need to get this out there. Let me know in the comments if you're a, if you're a medical professional. Let us know about the studies you're doing on Proviron. We need to get this out to men all over the world. Check me out on the Anabolic Doc app. And I'm like, bro, there ain't no researchers watching your video doing studies on Proviron right now. So there's lots of guys that will give you anecdotal data, but bro, big pharma ain't hitting you up, letting you know what they're doing with Proviron because they ain't doing <laughs> shit because it's 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 so old. You know, they're they're moving on to new stuff. He's built a, uh, a community of people who are educated, mostly educated on like their blood work and the compounds. And when you can put together a community of people in that are like-minded around a lot of this stuff, you can, you're able to learn and grow a lot faster, right? The, yeah. the, one of the reasons that like, we may appear that we know stuff about certain things is because I get messages, you get messages. Well, plus we're just curious about it, but we talk to people about this stuff like yeah. on a regular basis, whether it's TRT or, or other things. I think it would be really, I don't know how to do, do this, but like brainstorming, we should do like a, uh, at the end of every show, a do a idea for a new study or something like that. That's cool. Uh, where if we could put together some type of forum, I don't even want to call it a forum, actually, a community where people can upload their blood work. I, I think of like um, Nerd Wallet, right? Nerd Wallet uh, is I got awesome. You. 
for finance stuff, right? They're good for financial related shit. And then they've branched off into other stuff. But originally they were like a lot of like finance, credit card stuff, hacking, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And now they do a bunch of different stuff. But we can create a blog and in the blog go through and talk about all the different compounds. So there's already sites out there that do this. But that's different is we're, we'll add in, say, like blood work from different people, it, it, like uh, anonymized or whatever. So nobody can see any, like they can't see that it's your blood work. You can't see my blood work or anything like this so that people can see what's actually happening. Because I think that is the future. The Wikipedia type model is the yeah. future for research i don't think it's how it's been doing we've been doing it for the last hundred years i think it's too slow and it's too siloed off where you know what i mean like everything's going in the the crypto realm of decentralization and you're going to have decentralized research not going to have siloed research around these tiny little communities of colleges and shit like that it's going to be decentralized where anybody can contribute to the research and the research is going to accelerate a lot faster and nobody that I know of is building this or I haven't seen anything. So this is, we should build something like this. That's pretty cool. That's not a bad idea. We'd have to go over the details. Um, I was actually going to bring up. So I actually, so I put together a list of fun podcast questions like mail related type stuff. I did it. I just asked chat GPT to do it and it did it. Um, so we're going to be doing one of those probably every episode or, you know, here. Oh, that's there. a good idea. That's a really good idea. I like yeah, that. Yeah. So one of the questions, and I think we're going to cover this, we'll do this a little bit more in the next one because we're cutting low, run low on time, but what are some of your favorite hobbies or activities? And one of the things I wanted to bring up is um, I actually, I've kept fish tanks for a long, long time and I've only kept really one type of fish and they're called African cichlids. And they're really the most colorful fish, freshwater that you can get. Um, they're really cool. You can look them up online. There's tons of them. There's different kinds and they all come from three different lakes in Africa. But the reason I wanted to bring them up is because all the fish in my tank are male because the male ones are the pretty ones. The females are the less, less colorful ones. And if you keep, like, if I put one female in there, all any male that was like the same species or even maybe different species, they would fuck with them nonstop until they kill them. Like they're that intense about like mating. Um, so the way that you breed them is you have one male and like five to seven females. So you spread out the aggression. And um, so that's just something interesting. Cause it's like when you see like they fight all the time, like they fight, like one fish will just be there. The other one just turns at them, starts nipping at them, chase them around the tank. They'll go in like circles like this and nip at each other. Um, when they get real mad, they'll go face to face with their mouths open and they'll bite each other's mouths and go like this. <laughs> It's pretty crazy, man. Like, um, I just think it's cool. It's like I'm watching like like a male brain of a different species. Like they don't give a fuck about society. They don't care about repercussions. It's literally like you're next to me. I don't like you. Fuck you. It's do they do it to male fish or only female fish? No, no, no. They'll they'll the males the males against each other are doing it to establish dominance. So they establish like a, a pecking order. Um, so and if so if one it's it's kind of like like monkeys too like monkeys will have like a main like alpha male and the fish they they fight to try to establish this and if they try to challenge each other that's when they fight so they're territorial as well I had a I had a a black and white fish named Bullet and I got him at PetSmart 
and they shouldn't even sell this fish at PetSmart because it's the most aggressive African cichlid out there. And he killed probably, I would say 25, 30 fish in his lifetime. Like Whoa, I bought- so, so you bought this fish at Fish Mart, you bring it home and you put it in your tank with other fish and then it kills those fish. He was one of my original fish that I had. And um, he would, bro, I, I, bought a, I bought a solid white albino fish. It had one black eye and one red eye. So it was pretty cool. Bro, I put this fish in the tank instantly, bro. Bullet was fucking on him, on him nonstop, all around the tank, biting him all around the tank, all just nonstop. And when they, when a fish is like, yo, like I'm good, like you're the boss, I'm giving up. They'll kind of, they'll get on the top of the water and they'll kind of like lay on their side a little bit, like submissive. And bro, I woke up the next day, that fish was fucked up. All his fins were bit up, his, they bite your scale, the scales. I brought him back to the store that I bought him with and just got like a store credit because I don't know if the fish was going to make it. But dude, they're crazy little fish. Look up African cichlids and they have videos on YouTube and shit. Like they're, they're cool fish. I mean, you kind of have to know how to keep them, but they're, they're really, they're fun to watch. It's like kind of like a sociology experiment. It's kind of like oh. prison with fish. Like my fish tank's kind of like a prison. Yep. Yeah. So they've got different ones called like, uh, like that one on the tops of peacock. Uh, the bla black and blue striped one, that's the Mabuna. That one, okay, so this one right here, Melanchromus erratus, the top the top right. No, the other, oh. the yellow and black one at the top in the corner, this one. So that's a juvenile Melanchromus erratus. That's what bullet was. When they're little, they're all that color. The males will, will start to turn brown and then they eventually turn black and white and the females stay that yellow and black. So you've got a cool fish. It's chilling. Once it starts turning brown and then it gets black, it gets mean as fuck. But so yeah, so are... all these bright colored ones, these are young fish then? No, no, no. Not all of them change color. That one specifically changes color for whatever reason from juvenile to adult. Most of these that you're going to see in the pictures are going to be adult males. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, I've, got, so this... I've got this fish right here, that red, blue, and green one. And my other fish hates him. This one right here? Yeah. Yeah, I've got that one. His name's Freddie. Oh wow! So so, do you have to keep that like aggressive one in a separate uh, separate tank? No, I mean, at, at, so I do have I have a little plastic thing that like a like a net, like it's a net with suction cups. And luckily in my tank now, like I don't really have that much aggression. It's more of just like playing and fucking with each other. So it's not like trying to kill them. They're not all crazy like this all the time. But I have had to separate fish, like put them in this little net in the water so that the other fish can't bite them and let them heal. Um, dude, it's, it's a whole thing. I've got this orange and black one too. His name is pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I name all my fish, dude. The biggest one in my tank is named Ronnie because Ronnie Coleman. Um, what other names do I have? I have Versace. Who's a cool, like flashy fish. How many, uh, how many, uh, how many fish do you have, bro? I think there's like 12 in there. They get about five to six inches. I've got two big ones. Um, it's a 75 gallon tank. I've got two canister filters on it. It's got black, uh, really fine black sand with white rocks. So, and I painted the back black. Yeah, I've been into it for a while. I got out of it for a while, but I got it in my kitchen so that I can see it from all different spots in my house. My old house where I had it, you didn't really see it when you were chilling, hanging out in the house. I, um, ever since I was a teenager, have wanted a fish tank between the bedroom and the master bathroom. 
Oh, that's like, cool. You can see through the wall, and the wall is the fish tank. Don't know diddly squat about fish, but like <laughs> uh, I've always wanted that for whatever reason. I was like, that would be cool, right? Yeah. That, that would just be dope to be able to like have the wall, you have the fish in there. I'm like, uh, that's super cool. I think this is an awesome idea to uh, have these types of questions in the show towards the end. So great idea. If you guys enjoy the show, make sure to leave us a review. Uh, check out the links down below if you want to support us or tell a friend, right? Uh, we are actually trying to 10x the number of listens. So we went, um, we switched platforms. So we, this is only data from the new platform we're tracking, but it is on Google and YouTube, or it's Google, YouTube, Apple, all the Spotify type platforms yeah. for the podcast, too much test. And we've had a 25% increase in three weeks. So that's because of you guys telling other people and leaving reviews, tremendously helpful. And in the next episode, we have some interesting data to cover on baking soda for a pre-workout. We're going to cover that next. And I have a new product. You can see that. We'll talk about it next one. We'll talk about Sam's interest because I rambled about fish for a long time. 